My name is uh, Pastor Caleb. Uh, I'm, I'm one of the campus pastors here at New Philadelphia Church Hillside. I mean, Seaside. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot where I was. Yesterday, I called it Sailside. It's like a combination of Seaside and Hillside. We're, we're a part of uh, four campuses now. The first one was up in, in Seoul. It's called Hillside. It's right next to SNU, Seoul National University. Um, that was our first uh, church. We were part of a Korean Presbyterian church up in the hills of Shilim. You'll probably never go to Shilim. Only reason that you would probably go to Shilim is to go to our church. Um, but you know, that was our first church. Uh, that's our, our main church. That was our kind of like our flagship church. Uh, and then uh, a few years ago, we started a church in Itaewon. That's where all the foreigners hang out. And so we have a campus in Itaewon um, that's thriving. And uh, we in last year, we planted this church here in the city of Busan. It's the second biggest biggest church, city in, in Korea, um, and we just felt like uh, God wanted our presence here, you know, to really uh, revive and just speak, bring revival into this, into this city. And so we planted this church last year. Uh, ten of us moved down from Seoul, and we started working here, living here, eating here, sleeping here, um, doing all that. And so, yeah, this is our second year. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary a few weeks ago. So, and I'm just blessed to see all, all the new faces here. Uh, and I'm just blessed to, to give you the word of God today. I'm actually going to, I've been preaching out of the book of Acts for the last, I think, eight, nine sermons. Um, I'm going to put uh, that on hold for now, for today. And then today I'm going to uh, go to a, a passage in the book of Revelation. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn your Bibles to the book of Revelation. It's the last book in the Bible. In the Bible. So if you go all the way to the back, uh, it's Revelation chapter 3. Verse 14 through 19. Okay, and this is a letter. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually the words of Jesus Christ. You know, if you look at it, if your Bibles have a, a if you have an, a, a version of the Bible where G, the words of Jesus is in red, you'll notice that in Revelation, a lot of it is in red. And it's because it's the words of Jesus Christ prophetically uh, uh, declared through the, through the Apostle John. And so these are actually the words of Christ. And it's a, it's a letter written to the church in Laodicea. And it reads, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the, the, words of the Amen, the, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you ever either, would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor, co- hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. This doesn't sound good. For you say, I am rich. I have prospered, prospered, and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I want you guys to stop right there. And then the word that you want, I want you guys to focus on is a word naked. Okay? Um, have you ever had a dream that you were naked and in public? I, I like, I've had, anybody, has, have you, who's actually had this dream before? So I've had many dreams. I don't want to say many, but I've had a good, like a handful of dreams in my life where I would be in public and I was naked. And, and, and when I have these dreams, they're not happy dreams. Okay, it's not like, yes, I'm naked. Everybody has clothes on, but I'm naked and it's good, you know? You're never, like, excited that, that you're just the naked one. Out of everybody, have like imagine if I was here and I was naked, like you guys would be grossed out, and I would be like humiliated. I'd be embarrassed, 
Now, what I would be feeling is I would feel vulnerable. I'd feel exposed. I'd feel embarrassed and humiliated. Unless I'm like a nudist, you know, or, or you're in a chimjibang. Being naked in public, it doesn't feel good. You know, and here in this passage in Revelation, God is giving an indictment to the church in Laodicea. It's a chastisement. You know, and, and it's saying that, it says, it says that you are naked. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure you've heard messages from this, from this passage before. And what a lot of the, the, the pastors focus on is they focus on the lukewarm aspect. They focus on you're neither hot nor cold, but you're lukewarm. So I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. You know? and, and they have uh, interpretations of what it means to be hot, what it means to be cold what it means to be lukewarm and, 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 and how, how, how God wants us to be on fire for him. You know, and even me, I've, I've, I preached this message before a long time ago. I, I, I believe I did. I just, I, it's been so long ago. I think I did it in the missions field. <laughs> At one point, I preached out of this passage. I think I was in Bangladesh. But I remember uh, that it's, it's a good truth. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a truth that we can get from this passage. If we expounded on this, uh, like uh, if we took a... Um, Ex- exegetical look at this that's what we that message m- most of the message that that preachers would preach would be that but the word and the and the focus that i want to make out of this passage today is the word naked okay you know yes i want to focus on the naked part you know everybody say naked, naked. Okay. you know today like the church in laodicea many christians are running around naked not only are they naked, but they don't know that they're naked. And they, they ain't got no shame. They're just walking around, I'm naked. You know, they, it's like the, have you ever heard that story of the king who had the, like, he wanted like the most beautiful robe. And so he asked this one guy to, to make him a robe. And then he made him a robe. It says, like, it's like an invisible robe. And then and he put it on. He, like he said, put it on and it looks great on you. You know, and then, and everybody thinks that it's purple, but you, you know, you can know that it's invisible. It's a special coat. He, he walking down the, the, the courtyard like, yeah, I look good in my robe. But in fact, he was naked. Yeah. Uh, but that's a lot of what a lot of Christians, you guys are run, walking around, running around naked. You guys don't know that you guys are naked. You know, so, so what, what do we mean by naked? What's the definition of naked? And if you take a literal definition of naked, it means without clothes, right? I'm naked. I got no clothes on. Uh, it also means... The second definition is without covering or protection. A figurative definition means exposed to harm, unprotected, and vulnerable. There are many people today that try to live their Christian lives with no covering or protection. They expose themselves to harm. They go about unprotected and vulnerable. Now what happens, what do we call a Christian, somebody that just becomes a Christian? What do we call them? They're born what? They're born again, right? Born again. And, you know, as they're born, like, like what happens when a child, in, in, in natural sense, when we're born, you know, when a baby is born, they're born what? Naked, naked right? You know, like when, when our baby Karis, you know, Herman's, Herman has a baby. She's in the back probably sleeping. But when Karis was born, she wasn't born wearing a jumpsuit. Right. You know, like she wasn't born like holding, holding a hoagie and like a, and like a knife. And saying like, like, I'm going to feed myself and I'm going to protect myself, you know? Like, when a baby is born, they're born helpless, right? They're born vulnerable, exposed. They're naked. And from the minute that they're born, they need protection. They need to be clothed. They need to be covered. They need to be protected. You know? And in the spiritual sense, it's also true. 
when a person is born again, that baby believer, that, 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 the, 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 the young Christian, he just be, started to believe in Jesus Christ, they need to be covered. They need uh, to go to regular, like a, a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, spirit-filled church. They need to be fed the Word of God. They need, to be, they need to be taught how to pray. They need to be taught how to read the Bible. They need discipleship. They need people to pray for them. To, to, to minister to them, speak into their lives. They need, they need covering. Mm-hmm. You know, they need counsel. And, that, and, and just because you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we all have that, right? When we're a Christian, we have this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that you're, you're covered. You guys are thinking, what's going on? But look at, look at this right here. It says, this letter goes out to a church in Laodicea, right? Mm-hmm. Who is it for? Is it for a bunch of non-believers? A bunch of pagans? Who is it for? It's for the church. It's for believers. It's for people that know Jesus Christ. They have a relationship with Him. But the Bible says that they're naked. They, they have no covering. Just because you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean that you're covered. No, your sins are covered, yes. But you, as the person that you are, in the spirit, you're not protected. You're not covered. You know, and there are many believers today, they get saved, but they are not covered. And you see them getting knocked around. I know a lot of these people. I grew up with a lot of, you know, I, I was one of those kids. You know, had my friends that were Christians. They go to school. They go to college. And they don't put themselves under right covering. And you see them getting knocked around. Start doing all this crazy stuff, going clubbing, going drinking, doing drugs, you know, having like premarital sex, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, what's wrong? What, what has my life become?" And they, I'm backslidden. They don't even know it it's because they didn't have that proper covering. They weren't being covered. They were naked. And I want to tell you something today. You know, covering does not come from you reading somebody's book. I mean, like a lot of people, a lot of Christians, they have this thing called bedside Baptist. It's on Sunday, they wake up, and their, their church is right by their bed. You know, they're like, maybe read, a, read, some, read the Bible, maybe listen to a podcast, maybe read a, like a John Brevere book, maybe even watch one of his sermons. But just because you read his book and listen to his sermon, do you get covering from this man? Okay? Why? Because covering comes from relationships. You can't get covering outside of relationship. You know, you, you, can, you can read John Bevere books. You can listen to Joel Osteen's sermon. You can listen to Mark Driscoll's sermon, read his books, follow his podcast. But do you have a relationship with, these, with this man? Does Mark Driscoll know who you are? Does his leadership know who you are? Is he praying for you? You cannot have covering outside of relationship. They may even be establishing truths in your life. They may be speaking into your life. You may be getting blessed by these men. But you do not have covering from these men. Covering comes from relationships. That means you need to submit not to some guy on the other end of an MP3 or a TV screen. But you need a leader who has a, who's in a relationship with you that speaks into your life. That covers you. That will correct and rebuke you when you're into foolishness. 
that will speak truth over you in love. There needs to be a relationship there for covering to happen. Covering comes from relationship. And the deeper the commitment and the submission, the thicker the covering. You guys get that? The deeper your commitment is and deeper your submission is to that authority or to that leader, the thicker the covering. And it's not because that leader is holding back covering. Like I'm not going to give covering to this guy until he like start listening to what I'm saying. No, it's not it. It's not because they want to hold back on that covering until you start submitting. But the position of your heart in that commitment allows you to allows access for them to cover you more. As you position your heart into a place of commitment, you open up the door for that covering to increase in your life. It's, it's based on you. You know, I can cover Sarah Boyle, okay? Even if she just comes to our church, you know, every Sunday, not, you know, and I, I'll still cover her, but as she commits, as she starts coming out the Friday fire, coming out Sunday swim, you know, starts committing to this church, as she starts submitting, you know, to what I'm, to, to the words of this house, and, and, and in that place, my covering is the same, but how she receives it is different. How she receives it, it's like the floodgates have started to open, and now she's receiving more of that covering. As she claims it, it becomes more. You need covering. No one wants to see you naked. <laughs> I want to go to further on and say that it's not just baby believers that need covering, but mature believers need covering. Missionaries. Missionaries. Who knows? Missionaries that, that are out there, they need covering. Full-time ministers, full-time pastors, evangelists, they all need covering. As a matter of fact, the more intense your role for the kingdom of God, the more covering you're going to need. You know, there's a saying that says, along with new, new levels come new devils. Right? And as you work for the kingdom of God, as it intensifies, the more covering you're going to have to get. You better go out there, get some, you know, go submit yourself under some authority. Get somebody to pray for you. Get somebody to commit it to your life. You, you better go get that covering. If you're going to start doing crazy things, going out there in the mission field, going into the, 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 the enemy's territory, you got you to get yourself covering. You know, if you go naked, you will get beat down. Now, it's not like you might, you will get beat down. You know, you, you can't go around naked. You will get beat down. And, and, and no one wants to see you naked. But you know one, who, who one person that wants to see you naked? is Satan. He wants to see you naked. Devil knows this. Devil knows that if you go naked... He knows that it's going to be that much easier for him to beat you down. So the devil, his strategy isn't don't go. But his strategy is go, but go naked. Now you, the, He's speaking to you like, man, you don't need covering. You don't need to submit. They're just trying to control what you're doing. They just want to control you. You should just go. You don't answer to anybody but God. And Satan just wants to, he wants to lie. He speaks these lies over you. So you will go out naked. You will go out with no covering. Because why? It's that much easier for Satan to attack you and beat you down. Make you lose your faith. And it happens all the time. Now, I've been going to, a, I've been going to church all my life. And throughout my years going to the church, 
You know, I've seen many missionaries go out to the mission field. I've seen families. I've seen, you know, men that would quit their job, sell their businesses in Koreatown, get, take their wife and their kids and go to Mongolia or go to, like, Africa somewhere. I've seen many of these families go. You know, and when they go, we get all excited. We're like, yeah, they answered the call of God. They said, yes, here I am, send me. And, and we, all, we all get excited. And some people might even support them, give them some money. And they go out for like one year, five years, ten years, or for the rest of their lives. And we're all excited when they go. But we forget about them. And we rarely hear what ha- actually happens to them out in the field. But if you really investigate, you'll find a lot of stories of missionaries that, so, that they'll go to churches and they'll support race. They'll go to missions organizations and they'll support race. But they are sent out with no actual covering. And what happens is, you know, because they have no covering, they get all beat up and they come back prematurely. And they come back defeated. They come back de- de- depressed. Some of them even come back divorced. You, know, you guys think, well, I never heard of this before. It's because these stories, nobody talks about them. Nobody talks about the ones that failed. You talk about the ones that are doing great work for the kingdom of God out there, but you rarely hear the story of someone. There's many missionaries that will go out without covering, and they come back defeated. They come back. Pastors, great men of God that go out into the missions field. They go out to do great things for God without proper covering, and they come back doubting the existence of God. They come back as atheists. They come back with sick. They'll come back, you know, divorced, depressed. You guys rarely hear about this. But they're going out there naked. They're going out to the, the enemy's territory. They're opposing the work of the enemy. And they have no proper covering. And they get beat down. Now, yesterday I saw this movie called Iron Man 3. That was good. And I'm not going to spoil it. No, there's no, you don't have to, there's no spoiler alert. But I remember there's one scene... There's one scene where Tony Stark, everybody knows who Tony Stark is. He's actually Iron Man. And he's not, he doesn't have his suit on. You know, and he's just running, and him and his buddy, John Don Cheadle, the black guy, and they're, they're running, and they're, they're in the, the thick of it. The, the enemy's right there. They have all these bad guys surrounding him. And they don't have their suit on, right? And then he's like, man, I wish I had my, I wish I had a suit right about now. You know, and, and then when you look at it, you feel how, you look at how exposed he is. There's all these bad guys. All these enemies, you know, they're in this, they're in the thick of the, the enemy's like territory, and they don't have the this protection that, that, that they should be having. And I was reminded, like, man, there are a lot of people that go about we're doing work for the kingdom of God like this. You then you you feel vulnerable for them. You can feel them being exposed. Many times missionaries, itinerant ministers, pastors, they go out, but because they do not have proper covering. They get beat down by the enemy. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do the work of the Lord, you need to do it with proper covering. You cannot go naked. You know, there's a, I, we have a sister, Rosie. She's in the back. She's a British girl, very tall. Uh, she's, she's an amazing sister. And, 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 and when we first met her in the city of Busan, we went to Fully Booked. And, and a bunch of us, we went out to kind of evangelize, get, get connected with people in the city, talk with people. And Rosie was one of the first people that we met. She was playing apples to apples with her friends. And me and I just went, went in and started playing apples to apples. Can I play? And they started playing apples to apples. And she got connected with Rosie. And Rosie started coming out to our church. 
And let me tell you, Rosie, although she is a great sister, she's filled with the Holy Spirit, she loves God, she wasn't under proper covering. Okay? She wasn't. And she was, she was going, she, she was going to a church, but she like couldn't find the church that she wanted. And she felt rejected by certain, she, she had all these like pains from other churches' experiences. And she wasn't under, she, and, and, and at that time, she had discovered us and she loved us, right? You loved me, right? Like, man, I love Pastor Caleb. I love Pastor Mina. I love this family. It's so great. But then a, a few months before, she had made a commitment to move down to Cambodia and teach there for a year. It's like a, a missions kind of organization recruited her to go down to Cambodia and, and be a teacher and minister down there. And when we heard, and she was like, man, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I really love this family that I found. But at the same time, I'm committed to this. And, I, and when I, the first thing I said was, man, she's going there with no covering. I mean, like, whatever covering that she has is not enough to go into a country like Cambodia. And, and with the convictions that she had, I knew that she wasn't under good covering. But what could I say? I'm not, I can't say, don't go. But me and Mina, we just ministered to her. We showed her our heart. We said, you know what? Like, if, it, like I feel like you need to go. And if you do go, you, you need to go out in the mission field fully covered. You know? and, and just because you break this, you may, you may be, you know, like, like, you know, going, like, breaking this, like, commitment or contract you made, but it's, it's for your good. So that you could get under proper covering. You can, you can become a part of a community that will eventually send you out instead of you going out based on your own understanding. And then, and then I remember we, we prayed for her, and she cried. Did you, you cried, right? Yeah. She cried. Yeah, she, we were, I remember we were in our living room. We were in our dining room, and she's crying. And we just said, yeah, but, you know, we said, you come to your the decision. But, you know, for our heart is for you to, to get connected and become, get under this covering. Don't go out there naked. And then she decided to stay. And she became a valuable member of this community. She got involved. She got committed. She got under proper covering. And then recently, she went out on a mission trip to the, the country of India with her parents. And in that commitment that she has with New Philly, we sent her out. We blessed her to go. We blessed her to go, and she went out. Under the covering of God, she went. And, she, and healing broke out. If you read her testimonies, it's amazing. People were getting healed. She was preaching out in the mission field. No, and, and, and because she went under proper covering. And she came back with a, with a mighty testimony. Yeah, I'm sure she could have gone to Cambodia. You know, and, and, and things would have, you know. Yeah. But it would have, she would not have been going out there. with. She would not have been protected. Mm-hmm. She would not have been under the right covering. Wow. <laughs> and if you want to see the effects of going out naked, turn your Bibles to Acts 19. I want, to, I want to show you a picture of some naked people. You know, in, in Acts 19, we have the story of the sons of Sceva. There were these seven sons. There was a man named Sceva. He had seven sons. And it says that they were itinerant Jewish exorcists. So they were Jews that were out there. And, you know, back then, you know, like they, they, would, they would cast out demons and they would like exorcise people and not exercise, but exorcise people. And like they were like cast demons out. And these, these were what, what they, they were Jews, itinerant ministers. They went about doing this. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like their profession. And because they saw such amazing signs, wonders, and miracles by Apostle Paul in the name of Jesus Christ, 
They wanted in on this. They're like, man, this is, this is some good stuff. I'm going to try this. And because it said, well, it was, even the handkerchief that Paul touched would just be going and just a handkerchief would heal people. That's amazing, right? That's powerful. And so the sons of Sceva, they started invoking the name of Jesus in trying to cast out evil spirits. And they did this without any covering from the apostles. There was no relationship there. And look at what happens. In chapter 19, verse 11 to 15, And God was doing extra, extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their disease left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of Jesus, of the Lord Jesus, over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the, by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims, Seven sons of Sceva, high priests, named, sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva, were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? Now these men were trying to do deliverance ministry. They're trying to deliver people from evil spirits. Their intentions were admirable. You know, it's not like they wanted to go about like, you know, like doing bad things, robbing people. Their intentions were good. They wanted to do good things. They wanted to help people, but they were doing it without any covering, without any teaching, without any wisdom, without any relationship to the apostles, and even the knowledge of who Jesus Christ was. They just knew, they just tried to imitate what Paul was doing. And and then the man who had the demon in him, he said, Jesus I know, Paul I recognize, but who were you? Ah, scary. And, and then it says, And the man in whom the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, all seven of them. It's one on seven. And he, beating them down, overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Naked and wounded. Missionaries, pastors, full-time ministers, evangelists, five-fold ministers, when they try to do the work of the Lord without any covering, they're going to get beat down, you go out naked, you might end up naked and beaten. Like these sons of Skiva. Beat up, discouraged, depressed. Man, you need covering in your life. You need to be covered. You cannot be naked. You know, these sons of Skiva, there are seven of them. I don't know if you've ever seen seven people get beat up by one man. But it's hard, it's hard to imagine. But it happens. Even people with the noblest of intentions, with the, the greatest degrees, with the, with the greatest anointing, will go out without covering and they'll get beat up. They'll get overpowered. They'll get discouraged. Do not try to do the work of the Lord without proper covering. Some of you guys are saying, well, you know, I'm not trying to be a pastor. I'm not trying to be a minister. I'm not, I don't want to go on missions. I just want to be a Christian. Man, I, I, I'm a Hagwan teacher. You know, that's, that's my job. That's, that's me. That's what, it's all good with me. But I just want to tell you, if you are a born-again believer, you are a minister. And if you're not ministering, if, you're not, if you don't have a, a call of ministry on your life as a believer, I want you to go back to step one and see if you're a believer. Because your heart needs to have that overflow to go out and minister, to bless people, 
It's part of what makes... God called people to go out and make disciples of all men. Yes, we have jobs. Yes, I work in the kitchen. Yes, I work in a hog one. Yes, I teach, you know, you know, like, like, like we, we had this and we have this. You are good. No, not you is good. Now we teach, we teach and, and we have jobs, but our, our, as believers, our goal is to be ministers. And I'm telling you, don't, don't minister. Don't go out trying to, to do work for the kingdom of God without proper covering. You can't go naked. God never intended for people to be lone ranger Christians. It's all about me and God. It's all about me and God. You know, I have the word of God. I have Jesus. That's all I need. I don't need people. And those are the people that eventually, it it might sound, it might be great at first, but down the road, you see them get disillusioned. You see them get jaded. And all of a sudden, you see some of them not even believing in God anymore. It happens. And today I want to move on and say all of you guys here have gifts and talents. Who thinks they're talented? I think I'm very talented. <laughs> to whatever degree, everyone is gifted. Some of you guys have incredible talents. You know, some of you guys have incredible abilities. Our brother Roy is an amazing artist. Mm-hmm. He could draw your face. It'll look exactly like your face. <laughs> our, our, our sister Midori, where is she at? She's mad good with folding paper. Origami. <laughs> She's talented, man. She take a piece of paper, become a frog. <laughs> take a piece of paper, it becomes a flower. You know, it's mad talent right there. You know, some of you guys have supernatural anointing. You guys are anointed. Our brother Herman, you guys saw, you guys were part of that worship today. How powerful was that? How amazing was that? It, it was the anointing of God. We were ushered into the presence of the of the, of the throne room of God Himself. We were worshiping before our King. That's anointing. And it's, and you know, I say that it's because he's Aussie and he has that Aussie accent. Like, oh yeah, pray with me. <laughs> no, an Aussie can, can talk about like McDonald's and it sounds cool, you know, like <laughs> cheeseburger. <laughs> and like, it, you know, it, but, but it, it's the anointing. I know he's an anointed man, right? Some of you guys have amazing gifts, talents, anointing. You guys, you guys have a mighty call on your life. And I want to tell you something. If you want to successfully ruin the plans of God on your life, go out without covering. Go out naked. Refuse to commit. Refuse to submit. Don't try to get involved into a community. Find your place in the, in, in the, in the kingdom of God. Go try to follow your call without any covering and you will forfeit the plans of God for your life. You can be a great Christian. You can have all the great morals in the world. You're, you're biblically sound. Mm-hmm. You have great doctrine. You can even have a seminary degree. You can have all this anointing. You're a great worship leader. You preach. Amazing. But you go out without any covering and you will forfeit the call of God wow. on your life. You can be the most gifted person, but your life will be flat and fruitless if you do not learn how to commit to a local church and submit to its leaders. That's the truth. That's the plan that God has for his people. He said, love your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul. And then he said, what? Love who? Love your neighbors. Love the people around you. In that community. 
There's two commandments. It's not just one. Why? It's because you need God-given authority to operate and function in your gifts. You need authority. You know, I'm up here right now. I'm preaching. It's because there's a, a, a degree of authority that's been given to me okay, by the leadership of this church, by Pastor Christian and Aaron, by God, to be able to be up here and speak to you guys and preach to you guys. There's authority there. You need authority to have an audience, to minister. You have no authority, you have no place where you can regularly minister. Now, God-given authority, it comes through submission. Whether in a local church or in a workplace, it comes through submission. Now, you guys heard me preach on submission many times. And I'm going to tell you that as a campus pastor, you can have all the giftings in the world. You can be the most talented, the most anointed person. But if, if I don't see a heart of servanthood, if I don't see a heart and a willingness to com- submit, I'm not going to give you the authority to do anything in this house. You have no authority to teach or minister or lead a Bible study, lead, worship, preach, prophesy, pray. If you cannot submit to authority, you can't handle authority. How do I know that you're not going to go and abuse that authority? Now, look at it in the secular perspective, okay? Say you have a company, right? Say uh, James has a company. It's a comic book, like like a comic book distribution company, okay? Very big. And then, and then you know, he, he all around the world. And he, there's this new hotshot employee comes in named Roy Chung. He's like, man, I know everything about comic books. I am... The number one source about Batman and Robin. I know more about Iron Man than anyone else in Korea. You know, He's like this comic book source, man. And then he comes in, starts working for James. And James is like, well, I want you to do this. I want you to do it this way. And I want you to get it done by this time. And, and Roy's like, man, I'll do that when I get to it. But when I do it, I'm not going to do it like this. But I'm going to do it like this. Because you know what? This way is a lot better. Man, this way, I think this way, you know, you know my knowledge of comic book, I think this way is better. Would you give that man any authority in your company? Would you? Would you let him have authority over other people in your company? Would you, would you let him be the, 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 the Green Lantern distributor of, of Busan? No. Because there's no submission there. And without submission, you get no authority. It's the same in the, in the world. How, how, how this world is governed, how companies govern, it comes through that. It's a simple fact. But it's, it's, a company, it's a fact that we see in companies, but we rarely see it in a spiritual sense sometimes, in churches. Some of us, we think, man, authority, you know, I, 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 is, I, I just want it. I, I'm, man, I'm not going to do what you tell me. That's, I'm going to do what God tells me. If you can't submit to authority, you can't handle authority. If there, if there isn't a heart of servanthood and a willingness to submit, you're not at a place to handle that authority. You know, Pastor Benjamin, he's going to be, pre, he's going to be, he's one of the speakers at the retreat that's coming up. He's uh, Pastor Christian and Aaron. Pastor Christian and Aaron is the lead pastors of our church. They're up in Seoul, um, and it's their spiritual parents, like spiritual father and mother. 
like they're, they're mentors. They, they speak life over them, and they, they, they direct them. And, you know, it's, they're part of their covering. You know? And Pastor Benjamin came down one time, and he talked about authority and anointing. And he spoke to us about this. And he talked about how authority, okay, there's authority and there's anointing. Anointing you can put in under there your giftings. You can put under your talents, your gifts, all of that. And he compared it to a, like, a, like a, a sports car, okay? Like a Ferrari and then a Ford Focus, okay? A Ferrari has power under that hood. It's got like, you know, like it's a V10 or a V12. It's got like 500, 600 horsepower. Vroom! It's going to go fast. It's red. Right? It's red. And it's got these nice like 20-inch rims and it's, it's clean, right? And then you have a Ford Focus, a Ford Focus is like a, a Kia Forte. I think it's the same car. Right, you got this car. It's got four cylinders. It's a souped up, but it's four. Okay? And, it, and it's, it's, it's silver. And, and it's, it has 130 horsepower. Okay? And they're, they're both on the same street. Both. And, and, and you know, you, you see the Ferrari. Vroom, vroom, vroom. It's ready to go. It's got all this power. And you see this Ford Fiesta. Like, it's ready to go. And when the ride turns green, how fast will they go? They will both go at the same speed limit. Because there is a speed limit that's going to dictate how fast they go. Unless that Ferrari wants a bunch of tickets from all the cameras on every street in Korea, that Ferrari is going to go the same speed as the Ford Focus. You know what I mean? All that power still needs to be under that authority. You know, the authority of the city says you can only go 40 kilometers per hour. So you can have all that power. You know, all that power to like make uh, car alarms go off. But when you go, you're going to go 40 kilometers per hour. Just like my Hyundai. What kind of car we have? Avante. Same thing. And we're going to go at the same speed. Now, when a police car is on the street, that police car can go at a a higher speed. It can go at a higher speed as it's needed. Why? Because it has the authority to make those exceptions and decisions. The authority has been given to this police car. Now it can, even if it's 40 miles an hour, it can go 60, 70 based on the decisions, based on the authority that's been given to them. And that authority is given because that police car has, knows the rules, has, has gone through everything that it needs to become a police car, and now, now it's out there doing its job. And, and you, know, you can have all the giftings, abilities, anointing, without the leaders of the house giving you that authority. All of that potential is sitting in your garage. It's just sitting in, under your hood. And there's a lot of Christians that want to go fast. I want to go fast. And they want all that power, but they are not willing to serve and submit. They want to exercise power without going through the process of being entrusted with the authority. And if you want to be entrusted with authority, you have to learn to submit to authority. Because when you submit, what happens? When you submit to authority, the maturity, the wisdom, the character for you to exercise authority starts to build up in you. If you get authority too soon, 
and you don't have that character and wisdom and maturity to exercise that authority, it could lead to your downfall. That's what happened to King Saul. He was given that authority. You're king of Israel. But he didn't have the character for it. He didn't have the wisdom for it. And what happened? It led to his downfall. It can mess you up. That's why at New Philly we have a core value. It says be faithful in the small things. Because when you are faithful in small things, you get entrusted with big things. Now let me tell you, if you go to a church and right away they start giving you all this authority, man, be careful. Because the person that you that came before you that was given that same authority might have might have messed up. Might have been bad for them. You know, if that structure isn't there for them to, to raise people up to a place of authority, man, it can mess you up. And if you go to a church and you've been there going there for about two weeks, they're like, man, can you lead worship for us? You should say, no. You know, can you lead one of our Bible studies? You should say, no. Because yeah, there's no covering there for you. It's important that you take the time to grow in character, grow in maturity, grow in the wisdom needed to exercise authority. And it comes through submitting to authority. A lot of Christians, they want to go fast, but they don't want to be held accountable. They don't want to submit. They don't want anyone to speak truth over them. They don't want anyone to confront their lack of discipline. They don't want anyone to confront their lust problems. They refuse the discipline of a father. And if someone tries, they just up and leave. Someone tries to confront him, man, you shouldn't be going to those places. Oh, really? All right. I'm going to start going to this church then. They're okay with that. What does it say in the second part of our reading in Revelation 3? Okay, let's turn to Revelation 3. It says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to appoint, anoint your eyes so that you may so that you may see those whom I love I reprove and discipline so be zealous and repent and if you're loved by God God will use people in your life people of authority to discipline you to keep you accountable and if you have a kid you know Karis is a little baby she's the cutest baby in the world so far and, and then Karis gets a little old and she starts acting in foolishness. Man, Herman's going to discipline. Why? Because they love her. Discipline is a form of love. Discipline is a form of covering. Accountability is a part of covering. You can't just skip over it. Avoid it. Go from church to church trying to avoid accountability. Because in you, do, in you doing so, you're naked. You need to commit and submit and get under that covering. You know, brothers and sisters, do not go naked. If you have gifts, you have abilities, you have anointing, be sure you commit to a local church. You you submit to the leadership and you and you make sure that you're being held accountable. Accountability is key. Why? Because we're we're human. 
We're, we're, we live in, sometimes we're in the flesh. And yeah, we can have the greatest relationship with God. But sometimes us in our weakness, it's hard to keep ourselves accountable. That's why God places people in our lives to hold us accountable. Learn to stay in one place. Submit and be a son. Because sons get an inheritance and they have access to authority. When you go in and out of churches with that orphan spirit, you're never going to receive the God-given authority that, ha- that He has for you. Establish yourself in one place with a, with a spirit of sonship. You've got to learn to be a son. That means you've got you to get committed. You've got to get committed and you've got to start submitting. Now here at New Philly, you can rest assured that the leaders of this, of this house are entrusted to minister under proper covering. And we make sure that uh, leaders are under co- covering here. They're, they submit to authority. And, and they're under proper accountability. All leaders, they, they have accountability. I, I, I answer to my accountability partner and make sure that it's all being shared. If I mess up, I say, man, I messed up. Let's pray. <laughs> Ask for forgiveness. And it, 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 I'm not holding it in. Like, ah, man, man can't see this. God, I know you can't see this, but nobody else can see it. I'm going to keep this in my pocket. You know? And I'm going to go to this church. And I'm going to try to go minister. It's not going to happen in our church. When you come up to an altar call and you Philly, and someone lays their hands on you, you can be sure that they are trusted leaders that have proven themselves faithful. And it's not just someone off the streets that we pick because they know how to pray well. We're under proper covering in this house. And that proper covering, it brings safety. And in order for you to be vulnerable, you need safety. In order, in order for healing and deliverance to happen, you need safety. In order for certain people that's gone through trauma, that's been raped, that's been molested, that's, that's been that's been beat up by the enemy, has all of this, this, this sin and all of this, this pain in their life, for them to, to go and be healed by God, they need to be vulnerable. But in, for that, that vulnerability, vulnerability to be there, there needs to be safety. And safety comes from covering. Proper structures need to be there so that people feel safe. I wouldn't move to Busan, quit my job in Seoul, unless I, I felt safe that I was being covered. I wouldn't just give up and leave, get married and start a new life in this city unless I knew for sure that there are people up and so praying for me. That my spiritual, my spiritual father, the people that are over me, Pastor Christian and Eric, they're praying for me, they're invested in me. They speak life over me. You know, when they come and visit and me and Mina, we're having kind of like, you know, we're we're just in a funk, whatever. They just speak one word into our lives. And we just, it just breaks off like that. Because our hearts are open, are, are submitted. It's never, it's never in a, in, a, in a place for us to just hide things from them. But we submit. And in that place of submission, we, we receive that blessing. You know, there needs to be safety. And gifts and anointing operate best under proper covering. So if you're gifted and anointed, you know, and you're coming to New Philly, and unless we've seen a history of submission in your life, unless we see that you have a heart of servanthood, you're going to be in the service team mopping the floors. You're going to be in the bathroom 
cleaning the bathrooms. But well, I got this prophetic gift thing, Pastor Caleb. You should see me. You should see me prophesy. Oh, you know, I, you man, I got these MP3s of me preaching in my bedroom. They are on fire. Man, you should you should listen to this, man. That's great. I'm a worship leader. I'm a, you know, I'm powerful. I know how to play five instruments. You know, like I, I am my own one man band. I want to lead worship. That's great. But unless I see a season of servanthood, a season of you submitting to authority in your life, you're going to be cleaning the bathrooms. You're going to be setting up these chairs. Make sure that they're nice and straight. And I, and I ask you, you know, what, what, what churches, you know, what's your church history like? You know, well, I, I was going to this church, but then I didn't like the pastor because he didn't let me do what I did. So I moved to this church and I started dating this girl and we broke up. It got real messy. So I started going to this church and I didn't, I liked the pastor at this church, but I didn't like the leadership. And I heard about New Philly and I heard the leaders are really cool here. I heard the pastor's really cool. So I decided to come here. Let me preach. And I would say no. I would say, clean the bathrooms. Go and submit yourself under authority. Go and commit yourself to a local church. I would say, you are naked. And I'm not going to entrust things in this church to people that refuse to get under covering. Now, you might, you might be gifted. You might have mad abilities and anointing. But you need that season of submission and servanthood. And I will delay you exercising that gift until I see that established in you. And my message today is simple. Don't go out naked. Get under covering. You know, in Genesis 3, it says that when Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do? First, they hid from God. And then they got these fig leaves. They sewed it together and put it on their, you know... And they, they, they covered themselves, right? They put it on themselves to, to cover themselves. And when they acted independently from God, they sinned and they disobeyed God. They lost the covering of God. And that's why they felt so naked. When they sinned, that covering that they had from God was, was gone. And they felt so naked. So they sewed these fig leaves together, thinking that they can cover themselves. And that's what a lot of Christians, they try to do today. They come out of the covering of God, and they sew something together. And they think that it's covering. They read, they read the Bible, listen to some podcasts. You know, they, they watch Joel Osteen, or they watch Mark Driscoll on the internet, and they think, man, I'm covered. But it says in Isaiah 59.6, when God rebukes the Israelites, it says, their webs will not serve as clothing. Men will not cover themselves with what they make. You can't cover yourself with what you make. That covering must be provided by God. And what He provides for you is in the form of a local church. You know that? God's covering is for you. It comes in the form of a local church. Through relationship with Him and the people that He surrounds you with. And God says, commit and submit. Get under that covering and don't be naked. You know? I'm going to close... With a story of a man that came under out of covering. He's, he's a good-looking guy, has 
fluctuation with his weight once in a while. But I remember, I was, you know, I was undercovering for many years of my life. I was going to church. I was going to church. I was serving. I was committed. I was on the praise team. I was leading Bible study. I went to a Christian university. You know, and I was serving. And I, I, was, te- I was teaching Bible study. I was leading worship. I was doing all of that. And then one day, I got, I got tired of it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go. I believe in Jesus. I'm just going to go and do my thing away from the people of God. I left church. I stopped going to church. And, and I was still going to school, which is Christian university, but I stopped going to church. I was like, man, I could do this on my own. It's just me and God. I have my relationship with you, God. I believe in you. You've never left me. So I, I just went off on my own. And very quickly, very quickly, man, I just started losing faith. My relationship with God suffered dramatically. Stop praying. I, saw, I, I, I found myself surrounded by people that were not good for me. Started doing things that wasn't good for me. Started doing all these drugs and all this, this bad stuff. You know? And it, it just got worse and worse and worse. In the back of my head, I knew Jesus Christ. I knew that he was Lord and Savior. I never, I never rejected that. I never said, God, you're not real. Jesus, you're not real. I knew it. But I wasn't being covered. And I was getting beat up by the enemy. I started doing drugs. I started selling drugs. I got, I got hooked. I started stealing money from people, robbing people, stealing cars, all this stuff. I went to prison. I kicked out of America. And I started coming here. And what happened when I came here is I started coming to church out of fear for my aunt. My aunt is a very righteous woman. And she's like, man, you got to go to church. My cousin was here. My cousin was like, you should come to my church. It's called JSCM. And JSCM is a church that New Philly was. We changed our name back in 2008. 2009, we changed our name. I started coming to JSCM. And man, and, and man, it wasn't like I got committed right away, but I had to come. Or else he was going to tell my aunt. So I was like, nah, I'll go to church. Start going to church. And man, you, you know, that, that covering, it starts to like change things in your life. It started to change things, how I thought about myself, how I looked at my past, how I looked at the things that I've been through and where God was and all of that. And I, I started wanting to get back to God. And I started getting in relationship with the people around me. I started going under discipleship with John Michael. He was younger than me. He was, what, 80, 90, 82? He's seven years younger than me. I submitted. I was like, man, you're a man of God. I'm going to listen to what you say. And then Pastor Christian took over. And then I was like, man, he's younger than me. 79, four years younger than me. But you know what? You're a man of God. I'm going to listen to you. you know, like Up till now, everything that you've been preaching, it, it, it sits right with me. And I'm going to commit. I'm going to commit to this church. I started committing. I started coming out, doing Bible study, getting into small group. And I told my testimony. I just got healed and delivered. Got free, and then, and in that place of submission, I started getting authority. See, as I started submitting for a couple of years, and Pastor Christian would make fun of me, and I would say, "All right, it's all good." <laughs> he make fun of me. If you listen to a lot of old sermons, he makes fun of me a lot. You're like, man, Caleb and his big head, all this stuff. But I said, "Man, I'm gonna submit to this man. I'm gonna do what he tells me. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen to his words." 
The words that are coming out of this man is good. I started submitting. And then you know what? I got raised up as a leader. I started getting more authority. And it wasn't, I wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to use this authority to be. No, but it just, God started changing my heart, giving me a heart for, for, for mentorship, for discipleship. And I got, I got a disciple. I became the, the male leadership, like, coach. I started leading the leaders. And I, and I was still in this place of submission. I was like, man, wherever God, wherever you send me, I know that you covered me. And I start, I, I start dating Mina. She was the admin back then. She was the best admin in the world. Amen. She did this thing. She was an incredible admin. And I started dating her. And, and, and we got chose to come here. And we moved down here. Now I'm a pastor. And you know, it comes from, from acknowledging the covering that's over you. And operating within that covering. In line, in support of that covering. And, it, 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 and coming out of your nakedness. Clothing yourself. Some people think submission equals losing control. So a lot of people, a lot of people hate the word submission. It's hard to preach about submission. Because the word submission come out, they're like, man, you try to control my life. <laughs> they think that like submission equals loss of control. Like I want, us, I want you to submit so I can control your life. And let me tell you, I don't want to control your life. Submission isn't about controlling. Getting under covering isn't about losing control. You know, it's about me, it's not about me trying to control you because trying to control you takes a lot of time and effort. It does. And I don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time to control your life. But, well, we, I just want to cover you. So you make sound decisions. I want to cover you. I can't make those decisions for you, but I can cover you so you make spirit-led decisions. So I, I can't tell you what to do. No, if you're a son, I can tell you what to do. But people will shift. But under covering, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I can't, I'm not, I can't control you. Because, you know, does God try to control us? No, he allows us to do what we want. But he, what does he do? He gives the Holy Spirit to lead us, right? That's what it's all about. It's not about control. It's about leading, guiding, shepherding. I, I want to cover you so that you can make right, spirit-filled decisions for your life. And my message today is a simple message. Stop running around naked. Get under that covering. Now Today we're having membership class. It's the first membership class of 2013. And for those of you guys that are taking the class, it's an opportunity for you to come under covering. You know, some of you might be saying, well, you know, if I'm not a member, will you not cover me? Like I said, it's, you know, even if you're not a member, there's still that covering there. But when you choose to commit and submit, you allow that covering to become thicker. And, and for some of you guys that are here today, Checking out our church, I encourage you to join us for our membership class. Yes, I do. <laughs> you know, I encourage you, even if it's your first Sunday, you guys can take you guys can join us for the membership class. Because just because you take this class doesn't mean you're a member. You don't you don't we're not sucked into membership. But you take this class, you learn about what we are, you learn about what, what our doctrine is, you learn about how we became a church, about our history, what we believe in, our values, we have core values, you know, our, our vision. You can check us out. 
And at the end, if New Philly's not for you, we bless you. We bless you. And if you choose to never come back to New Philly again, then we still bless you. And we say we honor you and we love you. And we're sad that you're leaving. But, but, but we still bless you. But I urge you and I exhort you. Exhort means to strongly urge. I exhort you that when you leave New Philly, you go and find a local church that you can commit to and that you can submit to their leaders and authorities. Don't hop from church to church unable to commit, thinking that you can do Christianity on your own. It just means that you're naked and exposed. It means you're vulnerable. And even if you're in Korea for a few months, say you're in Korea for three months, Still, get under some cover, get under the covering. Go and commit to a church and submit to their, to the authority. Don't be naked, but get under covering. Let's pray. That's where I'm even come up. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you love us, that you gave your son for us, and you gave the Holy Spirit to us. But not just that, but you gave us brothers and sisters. You gave us a community. You gave us the church. You gave us a body of believers that we can connect with. That we can put ourselves under the covering of. That you will use to bless and encourage. And raise us up to teach us. To to bring wisdom. To bring rebuke. To bring correction. We thank you, Lord. That you give us covering. And that covering means that we are in the, in the center of your heart. And in the center of your heart is the safest place that we can be. And your heart for us isn't to be doing Christianity on our own. Your heart for us isn't to just go out based on what we think is right. It says do not lean on your own understanding. But help us, Lord, to be in in the center of your heart. It also means to be committed and submitted to a local church, to the authorities that you place over us, so that we can grow in our authority, God, so we can ultimately do what you've commanded us to do, which is to go and make disciples of all men. Lord, help us to, to, to clothe ourselves, to help us to not be naked, You give us a garment. It says you give us white garment to cover us from our nakedness, God. And so we entrust our lives to you, Lord, that in our, in your covering, Lord, that we are, we are safe, that we are protected. And Lord, we are in the, in the place that you want us to be, that you call us to be, Lord. We thank you for this day. I pray for the membership class. May it be an anointed time. Lord, we pray for a blessing over it right now. May it be a powerful time. May it be fun. But ultimately, Lord, may people understand your heart in what membership is, God. We worship you. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.